Hello, everyone. Welcome to our listeners in the Big Apple from across the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jeff Goodman, and this is Rediscovering New York. Professionally, I'm a real estate broker with Halstead Real Estate, and I love New York. Rediscovering New York is a weekly program about the history, texture, and vibe of our amazing city. On many shows, we focus on an individual New York neighborhood. We explore its history and its current energy. What makes that particular New York neighborhood special? And we do it through interviews with historians, local business owners, nonprofits, preservationists, local musicians and artists, and even the occasional elected official. On some shows, like tonight's, we host a program about an interesting and vital color of the city that's not focused on one particular neighborhood. Prior episodes have covered the history of U.S. presidents who came from, lived in, or had some relationship with New York, about half of them actually, African-American history in the city, the history of the women's suffrage movement. We've talked about the history of the city's LGBT community and the gay rights movement. We've explored the history of bicycles and cycling. We've covered the history of punk and opera. And we've also explored the city's greatest train stations and even some of their bridges. In the future, we'll journey to some of the city's parks and the subway, among other places. After the broadcast, each show is available on podcast. You can hear us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other services. Tonight, we're hosting one of those special shows, this one on New York's cemeteries. New Yorkers, like everybody else, not only live in this great place, but they also die here. And like everything in New York, our cemeteries are spectacular. We're going to be talking about that with some of our experts tonight. Our first guest is a Rediscovering New York regular, Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours. Joyce is a recognized expert and educator in New York history and for over 40 years has been guiding New Yorkers and visitors alike to rave reviews through her private walking tours as well as tours open to the public. Joyce has published two guidebooks. One of them is From Windmills to the World Trade Center, a walking guide through the history of Lower Manhattan. And From Trout Stream to Bohemia, a walking guide through the history of Greenwich Village. She's contributed to the Encyclopedia of New York City. Her article, Learning on Foot, Walking Tours of New York City, appeared in the Parents League 2007 Review. And if all this wasn't enough, the New York Times has called Joyce the doyen of New York City tour guides. That's a quote, everybody. A level of recognition any tour guide would relish. I was going to say it would even kill to have, but given the cemeteries, it might be a little much. Uh, and we welcome Joyce Gold back to Rediscovering New York. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, you're not from New York originally, are you? I'm not. I'm from uh, Hazleton, Pennsylvania. That's where I was born. I lived in the coal, anthracite coal region of Pennsylvania until I was in the ninth grade, at which point my family and I moved to New York City. And here you have stayed. And how wonderful for all of us that you're here. Um, how did you get involved in the work that you do, bringing New York's history to life for the people lucky enough to experience you and go on your tours or attend your lectures? <laughs> well, I was working on Wall Street, and I didn't really like my job. I was at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and just one day I happened to pick up a 100-year-old guidebook to New York uh, called The Book of New York, and it just changed my daily experience. Uh, I wanted to uh, see the city in a different way, walking the streets just from the subway to my cubicle in my office w became much more interesting. And nobody in my office knew anything in the 1970s, seemed to, seemed to know anything about old New York. So my passion was to show the city basically to New Yorkers in a way that would uh, excite them about the city as it had excited me. And one of the great things about your tours, which I have been on, many of them, is uh, they're just not, you know, something interesting for that tourists would like, although you've mm -hmm. met some tourists on your trips. But really, uh, most of the people who come on them and enjoy them are New Yorkers. You just don't know about New York cemeteries, George. Some of your tours actually include cemeteries, uh, and you actually have one tour that focuses exclusively on cemeteries. Yes. How did you become interested in providing <laughs> tours <laughs> and cemeteries? It's, uh, it's a very specialized interest, and thankfully we have uh, experts today, tonight, who... Uh, Focus on cemeteries. Well, some of I do dozens of different uh, neighborhoods, and uh, some of them have many tours connected to them. And one of them is the financial district, which uh, I was the first tour that I ever did. 
been doing it for over 40 years. It has a whole history of Alexander Hamilton on it. It has the whole history of the first Jewish settlement in North America on it. And it has several cemeteries with fascinating people in them, or I should say bodies of people in them. But it allows me to look into all of these fascinating people. In a way, I consider that the people are still there in some form. So why not uh, look into somebody who was around in 1700? Well, and we're going to get to uh, a lot of different people who were buried in a lot of New York, in, in, in some New York cemeteries. But you're right about that. I once went on a tour of Highgate Cemetery in London, and uh, the tour guide, when he was talking about people who were buried there, he referred to them in the first, like, oh, he and she, not that <laughs> they're buried here. He's here. She's here. And for this tour guide, these people were very much part of, of their lives. Uh-huh. Um, do cemeteries, um, and specifically the way cultures bury or entomb their dead, reveal anything about the culture at the time and the way that people live? Well, very much some of the oldest extant cemeteries, even though no more interments are going into them, uh, have connections to religious institutions, and people often would have been buried in churchyards or even in backyards uptown, there is a single grave to an amiable child on somebody's private property. But the population was booming in New York by the end of the 19th century. New York City had three and a half million people in it, and sanitation was always a big uh, problem because in summers we had many different epidemics. People didn't understand, of course, about bacteria and viruses in the 17th or 18th centuries, but they did figure it might be safer for the living if they varied the victims away from the, uh, the preponderance of the population. So that's when they started moving, uh, moving the graves or sometimes moving the graves up Sometimes, because of real estate prices in New York, if people didn't have oh, that. <laughs> a lot of clout, they, uh, the bodies might just be thrown into the river to make way for real estate. Mm. Uh, before we get to uh, people being buried here after Europeans arrived, I um, wanted to ask you about the people who were here before. Do we know if the Lenape people buried people on Manhattan Island? Uh, yes, they did. They... Uh, they had holes in the ground and were there. There were 13 sites that we know of in Manhattan that had Indian connections. Not all of them were residential, but uh, which is to say maybe they were just trading posts like in the west part of Greenwich Village. But yes, they, they would bury people in the ground. Hmm. We're going to talk about uh, some of the cemeteries that uh, uh, were established uh, after the Dutch were here, but, I, but I'm curious... When New Amsterdam was established, um, you know, shortly after that happened, people had to start dying. <laughs> I guess that's a fact of life. Um, do we know where the Dutch buried their dead in the early days of New Amsterdam? Well, I think it would have been in New Amsterdam, and it would have been toward the western end, but there's no, nothing left of any of the Dutch graveyards. Hmm. But, of course, the most famous Dutch person of the period that most people have heard of more than anybody else was actually buried in what became the East Village. That's right. Right outside his, his chapel, whose foundations actually became the foundation for St. Mark's and the Bowery. And that uh, uh, you can actually see the, uh, it's not really the tombstone, but you can see a mark, a, uh, mm-hmm. a stone for uh, Peter Stuyvesant uh, yes. right at that place at 10th Street and 2nd Avenue. And it's interesting what the marker says. It says, here lies the body of the late governor general. He died in 1672. So um, he's even later now, but... <laughs> um, when did, I mean, well, the most prominent cemetery downtown is that in... Trinity Churchyard. When did the when did burials start in in Trinity Churchyard? Well, 1681 is the earliest grave there, but that predates Trinity Church. Trinity Church, uh, 1703, is when that Anglican originally Anglican church. Today, there are three. Um, the third Trinity Church is on the site, and the first one started at the beginning of the 18th century. But there had been a graveyard on the site before that. And a five-year-old named Richard Churcher uh, has a gravestone in what is now Trinity Churchyard. Mm. Uh, St. Paul's Chapel, which is four or five blocks north of Trinity Church, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they built the chapels of parish churches so people wouldn't have to walk so long to get to them on Sundays. Um, 
why, why did they also start burials in St. Paul's churchyard? Was it for the same reason that the parish built uh, the chapel in the first place? By the way, St. Paul's Chapel, for people who don't know, is the second oldest building on Manhattan Island. It's a gorgeous Georgian church. If you haven't been in it, uh, it, it it's, it's worth the price of admission, which is actually nothing. But it's, it's a beautiful structure. Yes, it's modeled after St. Martin's in the field at Trafalgar Square, in fact. There are uh, just under half as many graves in St. Paul's Chapel which was started uh, in 1766. Uh, and uh, that was more elite. That was where wealthier people, once that started, were buried during the American Revolution, which went from 1776 uh, until, until the treaty was signed in 1783. New York, for most of that time, almost all of that time, was the headquarters for the British and uh, British officers who died during that period would have been buried at St. Paul's, whether, uh, whereas British common soldiers would have been buried at Trinity. So there was a class difference. Uh, Trinity Churchyard, anybody could be buried there unless they were Jewish, black, or Roman Catholic. Um. And we'll get to uh, those people who were buried a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some very famous people buried in Trinity Church. Yes, Yard. there are. There is a, well, the most famous of all, of course, is Alexander Hamilton. Uh, he was killed uh, after 32 hours of great pain uh, in a duel with Aaron Burr, who was the vice president of the United States at the time. He has quite a glorious uh, tombstone. Fifty years later, his widow dies. She's buried there as well. Their first child also buried in Trinity Churchyard, but um, we're not sure where in the churchyard he is. Oh, so he, he's not buried where his where the uh, uh, it's not a tomb, but where the whatever you call that thing. Uh, I should know this. A vault, uh, yes. About, a vault. He's not. Uh, Philip is not buried with his parents because both Philip and his father died in uh, duels, and his... Um, like Philip, father, like son. Yeah, that's a very interesting long story, and I think there's a whole play that tells you some of that story. But uh, Trinity frowned on dueling, but Alexander Hamilton, as the first Secretary of the Treasury of the United States, got a beautiful tomb. Philip, who was not the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, was just buried somewhere there. Mm. And you, you mentioned Jews could not be buried in Trinity Church. Um, in New York, we had the country's oldest Jewish congregation, actually the, uh, one of the two oldest, uh, because some people uh, who arrived in New York at the same time. Some people from uh, Hasife uh, also uh, landed in Newport, what became Newport. Um, they started burying their dead here as well, even during the Dutch period. Um, that was Sha'arit Yisrael, which means the remnants of Israel. And they had three cemeteries in the city? Well, the first one is one that we don't know exactly where it is. There are no remnants of it. (coughs) So there were four of them then? uh, At least four. Uh Uh, There were were more, but at least four. And the first one, which is known simply as a little hook of land, was probably somewhere near where the present Trinity is. Uh, But then in uh, just two years after the Trinity Churchyard started, which is to say in... 1683, the first burial in what is now Chinatown, in what's now called the first Shehereth Israel Cemetery, went up. But then that got filled up, and nearby streets got enlarged, and some of those graves, although some of them are still visible, uh, were moved to what is also still visible, 11th Street. And then in 1829, the city was ready to run 11th Street right through that cemetery, and those in the way of the road were moved to 21st Street. But in 1851, the city said in the interest of sanitation, nobody gets buried south of 86th Street. So that those three cemeteries are still visible but haven't been interred in to, uh, for over a century and a half. Wow, and you can still visit them. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours about old cemeteries on Manhattan Island. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. back to Rediscovering New York and our special show about New York cemeteries. My first guest is Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours. Uh, Joyce, uh, what tours do you have coming up? Uh, I know you just released your spring tour schedule. Yes, I did. Well, mostly what I do are private tours. They're custom designed and um, they uh, are designed to fit whoever hires me to do a custom design tour. But I also have the tours that you're talking about on a public schedule, and March 21st is the first one. Uh, People don't have to reserve for that schedule. They just show up. It's $25 a person. And what's that tour on the 21st? Oh, okay. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have so many of them. I have trouble remembering some of the tours that I that I that I book with you sometimes. You know, <laughs> but I change all the tour. I change the tours most weekends uh, from now from the twenty first until the end of May, um, are on weekends, and I have a few during the week as well. And they're of all different parts of the city. And people can find out about those tours at at my fabulous website, which is Joy's. GoldHistoryTours.com. And you also are on Instagram? I'm also on Instagram, uh, Joyce Gold History Tours. And if people look at the website, they're also able to send me their email and I will personally send them the schedule. Well, great. Well, getting back to our topic of the evening, which is cemeteries in New York, you mentioned that if you were black, you could not be buried in Trinity Cemetery. Um, you know, sadly, in New York, we had uh, we not only had slavery until the 1820s. We were only the second uh, to the last state in the North to uh, to uh, abolish slavery, but we had segregated cemeteries, and that brings us to the African graveyard. Um, you want to talk about the African graveyard? Sure, sure. The African graveyard. Well, the Dutch first settled in Manhattan in 1624. Two years later, the first Africans were brought. Uh, to the island. So blacks have been in Manhattan for a very, very long time, but always discrimination against them. And uh, they had their own graveyard, which was really out of town at the time. Uh, on today's map, it would be, twe- be between Duane and Reed Street, between Broadway and Lafayette Street. And um, hundreds and hundreds of people were buried there. Some say 10,000 people were buried in that area. Um, And uh, the area has had buildings on it for centuries. In 1991, the federal government was planning to build the second largest federal office building in the United States. Only the Pentagon is bigger. And they were going to do it on the site of the graveyard, which hasn't been interred in since 1791, uh, because they figured there would be no graves left. But they disinterred 400 bodies uh, in the time. And they have, in the northeast corner of that square block, been reburied. And it is now under the province of the federal uh, land. Um, Federal Parks Department, and it's open to the public. It's quite an interesting memorial. And that's at Duane Street or Reed Street? Exactly. Uh huh. Okay. 
Um, when was the first, you know, we've talked about religious burials. When was the first non-sectarian graveyard in New York established? Well, that was in the 1830s, and there were two in particular. One of them is the New York Marble Cemetery. It's on uh, just off of 2nd Avenue, and it's not really visible from the street. There's kind of a big alleyway that takes you into this area, which I've, I've seen some time ago. And people purchase vaults, which allows some people who are descendants of the original ones still to be buried in those vaults. And um, they didn't have a lot of tombs. They had, they had kind of uh, stone against the wall telling you who was buried there. And then just very soon after, uh, the, the names are a little tricky because the one on 2nd Avenue is the New York Marble Cemetery. Which isn't really visible th- from the street. You have to look through the gate and you can look into, right. the, in, into the graveyard. That's right. But and the other one is the New York City Marble Cemetery. And that is on 2nd Street between 1st and 2nd Avenues. And there are a couple of interesting people who are buried there and a couple of interesting people who were buried there. So who's buried there? Well, James Roosevelt, the founder of Roosevelt Hospital. A couple of mayors of New York, Stephen Allen and Marinus Whitlett. And Preservid Fish. Preserved, spelled preserved, wonderful name, preserved fish. I just always thought it was preserved, but no. it, was, it, name, it was pronounced preserved. Preserved. <laughs> and what that means, it's kind of a Quaker Salted name. in vinegar? or uh, no. <laughs> It could be, but it's a, it's a Quaker name, meaning preserved from sin. So that's why Quakers sometimes had that name. And James Lennox, who was one of the founders, a great philanthropist and a founder of the New York Public Library. But then there were some other people who were buried there. John Erickson, who made a major change in the fortunes of the North in the American Civil War because uh, that Swedish-American naval architect designed the first ironclad ship. Oh, wow. He was buried in the New York City Marble Cemetery, but then his body was taken back to Sweden. President Monroe was buried in his son-in-law's vault. He moved to New York after his presidency because he wanted to be with his daughter. And when he was buried uh, there in 1831... Because he died in New York. He died in New York, but 27 years later, the state of Virginia disinterred him and moved his remains to Richmond. Now, in uh, the the cemetery where Peter Stuyvesant is buried... Uh, there was also uh, a, stole, a, a theft of a body. The body was of uh, A.T. Stewart, who founded the first department store in America. And uh, his body, soon after he was interred there, was removed and held for ransom. So whenever people talk How about... How much? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were asking uh, 200000 but as soon as for a corpse back in a hundred years ago, right? he was very rich guy. He <laughs> was making over a million a year in the 1860s. You can multiply that by about 40. And as soon as somebody said uh, to his grieving widow, I have your husband pay up, somebody else said, no, I have your husband pay up. And it was two years before she finally paid some smaller amount to get somebody back. And it was not reinterred there but in Garden City, Long Island. Oh, oh that's Stuart Manor. Is that? Exactly, Stuart, ah, okay. Stuart Avenue. Stuart Avenue, okay. There was something, uh, going back to the New York City uh, Marble Cemetery and New York Marble Cemetery, there was something unusual of those cemeteries which had not been seen before, which is that they were the whole thing was underground vaults. I think Tuckahoe right. Marble, if I remember correctly, that's from when right. I used to live down the street from there. Why? They, why? Why didn't they just bury people? Why did they inter them in marble vaults? Um, that is an excellent question, Jeff, and I have no idea. Oh. <clears throat> but it was I also think I have the answer, but I wanted to ask <laughs> you the story. It, it was also taking people away from the religious aegis. It was sort of ah. a commercial venture by people who thought they could make money by uh, having places for people to be buried. Well, I actually have the answer for that Good. because in those days, in the early 1830s, they thought that some diseases were caused by the, um, uh, the smell the, or the air of decomposing bodies. So by requiring people to be buried in vaults within the city, then that would take away the likelihood of the vapors, the vapors coming up through the, through the ground and uh, polluting the air. So that's why they, uh, uh, they established that. Um, and by the way, you can visit the New York uh, Marble Cemetery, or the New York City Marble Cemetery, I think once a month. 
Um, the there was New an interesting story. The New York Marble Cemetery. The New York's both of them, I think. And oh. uh, there was actually an interesting story there, uh, like maybe six, seven years ago. They had discovered a wartime ordinance on yes. one end of the cemetery. Do you? I know. Uh, yes, I do know about that. It was in 2010, and they found 10 pounds of military-grade explosives. And it said explosives on it. And at first, they assumed it was a movie prop. And movies are a big business in New York. And it didn't cross anybody's mind for a while that the explosives were real. And somebody suggested, why don't you just throw it out? But that night, a volunteer who had noticed it said he had second thoughts. And the Monday in the morning, they called the police. And it was live explosives. Wow. Would have killed a lot of people. I suppose the benefit would be that they just wouldn't have to wouldn't have to have taken them anywhere in the explosion. They just could have <laughs> laid them to rest right there in one of those vaults. Um, the last cemetery I want to ask you about in Manhattan is uh, also bears the name of Trinity. It's uptown. How did uh, Trinity Cemetery get started uptown, and what are some of the unusual things about that? Well, there were a few reasons that they stopped using the Trinity Churchyard on Wall Street. One of them, it was getting very filled because there were all of these epidemics. But also in 1842, for the first time, New York gets indoor plumbing via the Croton water from north of the city. And since they weren't taking the water out of the wells from, from wells and pumps so much, the water table began to rise, and they didn't want water seeping through if they dug at Trinity on Wall Street. So that's when they started to uh, use the newer burials uptown. Uh, John James Audubon had a lot of property up there. It was called Minnie's Land, and Trinity uh, Parish purchased some of that land for their cemetery. And you can still see it. It's between, it's on both sides of Broadway between 153rd and 155th Street. And Autobahn is buried there. That's right. And who were uh, some of the other famous people that we might know who were buried there? Well, one of the interesting things to me about Audubon's tomb is that his very impressive tombstone has, um, you know, he was famous for painting these magnificent watercolors of the birds of America. And one of those tombs has two guns, two very large shotguns, because he often shot the birds so that they would lie still, <laughs> so he could paint them. That's one of my favorite tours. Betsy Jamel, who, uh, whose last oh. husband was uh, Aaron Burr, of course, the guy who shot uh, Hamilton. And she's buried there. The next time I'm up there, I'll have to go look and seek out her grave. Yes. Yes, it's, I'm sure, a very colorful grave. And uh, a member, numbers of members of the Astor family are buried up there as well. John Jacob III is one of them. And uh, it's a very interesting thing to visit. And there is uh, actually a Jewish person buried there uh, who was uh, not buried in a Jewish cemetery. In order to, if you want to be buried religiously with Jews, you have to be buried in a Jewish cemetery that's not a Jewish cemetery. Mm -hmm. So they had to do some kind of special consecration for this person who most of our listeners would know of and maybe even seen and heard his voice for decades, in fact. Who was that person? And that, that was our fabulous, in my opinion, Mayor Ed Koch. And he, a rabbi said to him, well, yes, you can be buried in Trinity Cemetery, but you have to put a fence around your tomb. And uh, they even labeled the entrance to that part of the cemetery on Amsterdam Avenue, the Jewish Gate. And there's a bench there so you can sit next to his tomb and muse about about Ed Koch. Somebody who's half Jewish is buried there also, and that was the actor Jerry Orbach. His oh. father was Jewish, his mother was Catholic, and he's buried there. Uh, so it's quite, a, quite an interesting uh, crowd. Also, Clement Clark Moore, who uh, was quite the churchman, his father having uh, been an Episcopal bishop in New York, but of course he's most known today as being the author of the little poem that began, Twas the Night Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. And all through the house. Yes. yes. <laughs> Well, Joyce, as always, our conversation has been fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our first guest on this special Rediscovering New York program about New York cemeteries has been Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours. You can find out about her tours at JoyceGoldHistoryTours.com. Joyce, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment, and when we come back, we will be speaking with two authors of who wrote about, uh, among other places, all the cemeteries, Two fabulous cemeteries in New York City, but outside of Manhattan. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. 
Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. We're back. Support for Rediscovering New York comes from our sponsors. Christopher Pappas, mortgage strategist at TD Bank. To find out how Chris can help you with all your residential home mortgage needs and tailor a mortgage that's right for you, please give him a call at 203-512-3918. And support also comes from the law offices of Tom Siaka, specializing in wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. Tom and his staff can be reached at 212-495-0317. Our show is about New York in the myriad textures of our amazing city. There's another great show on the air about New York and specifically about the business of real estate. It's called Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco, my friend and colleague at Halstead. Vince's show airs lives on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. on voiceamerica.com and also on podcasted. You can like the show on Facebook, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles there are Jeff Goodman NYC. If you have comments or questions, or if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. And one of the note before we get to our second guests, even though Rediscovering New York is not a show about the real estate business in New York, when I am not on the air, I am indeed a real estate agent in our amazing city, where I help my clients buy, sell, lease, and rent property. If you or someone you care about is considering a move into, out, over, within New York, I would love to help you with all those real estate needs. You can reach me and my team at 646-306-4761. Well, we have two special guests on this second part of our show on cemeteries, Robert and Vincent Gardino. They are authors of a recent book called Grave Trippers, History at Our Feet, published by Camino Press. Robert, uh, actually, first we'll get to Vincent. Vince is the son of Italian immigrants. Also, is Robert his brother. They're brothers, by the way. Uh, they're son of Italian immigrants from Piedmont. Uh, Vince grew up in Hell's Kitchen, the Hell's Kitchen that some of us New Yorkers are still old enough to remember when it was known for the Irish gang of the Westies. Vince spent his career in radio. Imagine that, having a guest on the show who's been in radio. Uh, he was in senior management positions at WABC. And he knew some of the famous disc jockeys that many New Yorkers have not just heard of, but actually listened to for years. Vince was also at WOR, WNYC, and WQXR. Um, he just retired. He was the vice president and chief financial officer for Strauss News, which publishes local neighborhood newspapers in Manhattan, including the West Side Spirit, the Chelsea News, and Our Town. Although Vince no longer lives in Hell's Kitchen, he has moved only one neighborhood away in Lincoln Square, he resides with his brother and our other guest, Robert. The total radius of their Manhattan living experience has been one mile. One of those amazing New York life stories. 
And our second guest is Vince's brother, Robert. Robert is also a native New Yorker. With degrees in accounting and finance from Fordham and NYU, he spent most of his career in banking. In 2006, Robert was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, after which he entered the world of retired life. And that's helped to have him do what he loves, collect autographs and artifacts of historical note, as well as trip over graves. And when he's not doing other things, writing and publishing about New York's very interesting history. Welcome to you both, Rediscovering you New York, Vincent yes. Robert. Thank you. We're happy to be here. You're both originally from New York. Before we get to cemeteries, I want to ask you a question about your, where you grew up, because most of our episodes are about New York neighborhoods. What was it like growing up in the Hell's Kitchen when it was really Hell's Kitchen? It was tough. Uh, when we were kids growing up in the 1960s, I remember that the, the streets were littered with prostitutes. There were porno theaters around Times Square. The, the, the neighborhood was rough, but the, we, we survived, and we, we grew up, and we, 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 we enjoyed very much being in New York. And you also lived near Times Square, didn't you? It wasn't just on the, I mean, Hell's Kitchen's pretty we, big. Uh, we, we grew up on 48th Street and 8th Avenue, right, uh, right near Times Square in the theater district. Yeah, yeah. That's where Worldwide Plaza is now, but in those Correct. days it was very different. As a matter of fact, uh, Worldwide Plaza, I credit with changing the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. When Worldwide Plaza went up in uh, the late 80s, the neighborhood started changing around. And Worldwide Plaza, as you would know, was the site of the old Madison Square Garden, which were, when the Madison Square Garden was ripped down, I think in 1968 or 69, uh, it was a parking lot until Worldwide Plaza went up. So for about 20 years, it was completely vacant. But that started the transformation uh, into the Hell's Kitchen of today. Hmm. And so did Manhattan Plaza uh, yes. first. But that, that Yes, second, correct. Yes. yes. Um, Vince, how long were you at Strauss Media for before you retired? Six years. Six years. And you just retired on Friday. On so Friday. Vince was telling us that now he gets to sleep a little later in the mornings yes. and go to the gym when he wants. Um, Robert, where did you work in banking? I started at the old Manufacturers Hanover Trust when I graduated from college. Oh, Manny Hanny. Manny Hanny. And then I left the bank to pursue my MBA degree on a full-time basis. I later rejoined the bank when it, became, when it merged, after it merged with Chemical Bank. Chemical Bank then merged with... Chase Manhattan, and Chase Manhattan then merged with to J.P. Morgan, Morgan, and so it's now J.P. Morgan Chase. But they kept the Chemical Bank logo, which is one of the things I liked about about, about the the combined bank. Um, guys, what led to your interest in exploring and studying cemeteries? That's a kind of an unusual uh, hobby to have. Well, it began our Great Trippers was originated basically in 1995 when my brother and I we first visited Washington, D.C. We, we were like tourists. We, we wanted to do all the, the, the uh, normal tourist sites, the White House, the Library of Congress, Supreme Court, and so forth. But as kids, we remember distinctly watching the funeral of John F. Kennedy on television. And so we had read books on Kennedy. And when we went to Washington, D.C., we decided we wanted to visit Arlington Cemetery to finally see JFK's grave up close. And when we got there, we were impressed by the majesty of the cemetery, the, uh, how well maintained it was. But also, after we saw John Kennedy, we discovered there were so many other fascinating individuals of historical note in, in Arlington, such as William Howard Taft, who was the only other president buried within Arlington. And there's so many other people, Supreme Court justices, Army gen Civil War generals, actors who were veterans like Lee Marvin. So it was there and then that we, I would say Grave Trippers was born. So Lee Marvin actually was a veteran too in order to be buried in Arlington. Yes. I, oh. and not, just I, in, uh, not just in the Dirty Dozen, he actually was. Uh, and uh, curiously enough, he's buried uh, side by side with Joe Lewis. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, we're going to talk about uh, two New York cemeteries in a bit, but uh, many of the cemeteries in their book Grave Trippers are actually other cemeteries, including Arlington, Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond, and um, Richmond, Virginia, that is, West Point Cemetery, as well as Mount Auburn Cemetery in Massachusetts. Uh, guys, one really interesting part of your life story as kids um, is, was your hobby of collecting autographs and how you did it. And I can imagine that it didn't have something to do with your interest in exploring cemeteries, just being connected to all those people, um, many of whom now would not be, not be around. How did you, how did you get into 
uh, uh, collecting autographs. And, well, and there's a very interesting thing that you did to actually expand your collection. Well, it started with our father, Nino, uh, what a great name, Nino Gardino, who was a waiter at a, uh, a, a restaurant called Danny's Hideaway, a New York institution in the 50s and 60s. And he would come home and serve all the, uh, after serving all these famous people and bring us their autographs. Ed Sullivan was a regular, um, Robert Mitchum, um, Rosanna Brazzi, Dean Martin. And we, we got a big kick uh, you know, growing up where we did, uh, 48th and 8th, getting these autographs. And at first he brought them home uh, in pencil. And I said, hey, ink, ink, ink. <laughs> so finally my dad, on his waiter's pad, he, he, the first one he brought mm. back in ink was Dean Martin. So we were, uh, it, it, was, it was a big thrill. And we, we got into it. And then as we both got into our careers and started making uh, some decent money, we decided to branch out. And today, I, I have to tell you, it even amazes me, my brother and I, each of us, have a complete set of all the presidential autographs. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know. I've never heard that anybody else has a complete set of presidential autographs. That's amazing. How did you come up with the title of the book, uh, Grave Trippers, History at Our Feet? Well, the book was originally supposed to be titled, I'm telling you he's right over there. But, um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what, what an apt it's... Uh, well, as the, as the photo on the cover indicates, yeah. <laughs> The cover, by the way, is um, uh, Robert has his arm around Vince. Vince is looking at this map. Uh, the, there are graves in the background, and, and Robert's like pointing over there. That's where we. That's where we have to go. Well, but our publisher at Camino Books, Edward Jutkowitz, he said that the, the title was too open-ended. He thought that we better introduce ourselves in a, in a more direct manner. He says he said call the book Grave Trippers, and he said I want you to come up with a subtitle. And so I asked friends, I got, I got advice. I said, I want to have the word history in the subtitle. So I, after all our friends submitted their suggestions, I came up with the idea, history at our feet, because that's what it is. We are visiting historic or notable persons of, 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 of note, people who had a significant impact on, our, on, on America's history. So we were very satisfied with, with, with the title of the book. Uh, there's a forward in the book by the prominent Civil War historian James McPherson. Um, how did you get to know Mr. McPherson? Well, we were again, we were very lucky to get to know Jim. I, I got to know Jim by uh, by a Christmas gift that uh, my boss at WNYC gave me one year. It was one of his books, This Hallowed Ground, and it's a short uh, book about Gettysburg. And um, I read it, and in the book he talked about giving tours. And um, I ended up writing him a letter uh, through snail mail and said, uh, I'd be interested, would you do one of these tours? And he wrote back, and the next thing you know, we were, we were doing our first Gettysburg tour with, with Jim. And we've been to Gettysburg, I believe, four times, and this year we're actually going back with him twice uh, to Gettysburg. And, uh, but when we asked him to write the book, um, uh, write the book, excuse me, write the forward, um, he really uh, accepted right away, and he said he was honored. And you know, he had been to one of the one of the chapters in our book is on Hollywood Cemetery, where a lot of Civil War uh, generals are buried. And uh, we had gone to Richmond with Jim on a tour, and we ended up going to Hollywood. And uh, uh, we're very, very honored. He's really, you know, in addition to being a Pulitzer Prize winner, he's he's the preeminent Civil War historian of America today. So uh, that's how we got to know. And uh, we've remained good friends through the years. We're going to take a short break in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, um, if, are there any frustrations that you typically face when, when you're looking for graves in a cemetery where you haven't been before? And how? We find that maps of cemeteries that are provided, uh, provided for the public to use, oftentimes they're incorrect. Signposts are missing. You cannot locate a, a, a section of, of, of a cemetery. So when we decided on writing the book, we decided on putting detailed directions for, to the graves within the cemeteries. So if people want to follow in our lead and go to the cemeteries that we talk about in the book, they will have an easier time of finding the graves because in the book we give detailed directions, we give the roads, we give left and right. And so... We're very pleased with, with, with that in the book also. So you bring quality control to the business of well, helping we, people we bring, to navigate we, we, cemeteries. We bring, we bring stress control. Uh, so. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Robert and Vince Gardino, authors of Grave Trippers, History at Our Feet. We'll be back in a minute. 
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. We're back to Rediscovering New York in our special episode of New York Cemeteries. Um, our first guest was Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours, and I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys ever give tours of cemeteries, and do you have anything coming up that would be of interest to our listeners? Yes, uh, we had led a trolley tour at Woodlawn Cemetery in November, but we're very excited about leading a tour of Arlington Cemetery the last weekend in April uh, for our friend uh, Ken Donovan. Uh, he is the owner of Fiddler's Elbow Country Club in Bedminster, New Jersey, and we had done a presentation there of our book for 125 people on November 22nd, and the response from uh, the membership was so great that uh, they're, they're, uh, they, they, they requested and they decided to do a tour of Arlington, and we're very excited about it. It's going to be the last weekend in April, and um, as I said, we, we owe that to Ken Donovan. Hmm. And how can people find out about that tour? Is it somewhere online? I would just, uh, well, I think you have to be a member of the country club. Okay. <laughs> but you can call Ken, maybe twist his arm. <laughs> well, maybe he'll uh, maybe, write yeah, yeah. some introductory package to, <laughs> yeah, right. for a cemetery. Well, give you, give you a deal on a membership. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell Ken that he heard Vince and Robert on, uh, on right. Rediscovering yeah, exactly, New York. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Um, let's talk about Greenwood Cemetery. What had you, there, there are about 10 cemeteries in, in your book. What had you decide to include Greenwood in the book? Landmark. It was established in 1838. It, it, it's a beautiful garden-like cemetery, and it has many celebrity individuals there. So it was a, it was a natural choice for our book. It's actually the largest green space in Brooklyn. I think it's bigger. It's a little bit bigger than Prospect Park. Um, actually, for people who don't know it, it sits up on a hill. I think it's also that it's got the highest point in Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, I think you're right. It's it's not far from Prospect Park, and uh, actually, uh, the side of Greenwood Cemetery. Uh, has some uh, old New York Revolutionary War history. It, it was part of the Battle of Long Island, or also known as the Battle of Brooklyn, which actually was the largest battle of the Revolutionary War in terms of the number of soldiers who fought, and uh, which partly took place on the grounds of the cemetery. Uh, and of course, when it was planned and open, it was not part of New York City. It was on the outskirts of the city of Brooklyn. Um, who started Greenwood? Was it like a, a group of business people? Was it a corporation? What was uh, because it was a business enterprise? It was a business enterprise. It was a corporation, and similar to Woodlawn, they were uh, thinking of taking uh, you know people out of the churchyards and, and and moving them away from the city. One thing you hear about Greenwood are uh, the incredible mausoleums that are there, and also in Woodlawn, which we'll talk about. Um, what are some of those that that have really incredible architectural significance for cemetery architecture, if you want to call it that, the cemetery building? Well, I would just, uh, I, I think you just walk in there, and, and, and you, you really can't single out one. Um, it, it's just, a, it's just a, a panorama of spectacular architecture. You can't really single out one. And, and the, is, same, the same holds true for Woodlawn. Woodlawn has a lot of mausoleums also, uh, but they, you really can't say this one's better than that one, and this one's better than that one, it's, uh, or, or more gorgeous. It's just, uh, it's just incredible. 
Who were some of the famous people buried in Greenwood that many of our listeners would have heard of? Well, Boss, uh, Boss Tweed, Samuel Morris, uh, DeWitt Clinton. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. Uh, Horace Greeley. Who ran for president and also was the publisher of the Correct. Herald. Correct, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he yeah. died after he was defeated by Ulysses S. Grant in 1872. So yeah. Within a month after he uh, lost the election, he passed so away. So had yeah. he won the election, there would have been a problem. <laughs> hmm. Now, moving up to the Bronx uh, and, to, and to Woodlawn specifically, what sparked your interest in including Woodlawn in your book? Well, it's similar to uh, to Greenwood. Uh, there were really the two basic garden cemeteries uh, that uh, New York City spawned in the uh, 19th century. Um, Greenwood came first, then came Woodlawn, um, and it, it's a similar similar thing as with with Greenwood. A corporation decided to buy up a parcel of land in the Bronx and 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 and. Uh, put together a land uh, that uh, people could be buried in. And actually, the very first uh, um, person, uh, let's call him a celebrity, his first celebrity burial in Woodlawn Cemetery was Admiral David Farragut. Uh, so he was when, the first person buried? Yeah. Wow. No, no, no. First, oh. Let's call it celebrity. First yeah. celebrity. Yeah. And when he, uh, when he passed away in uh, New Hampshire, uh, they, they, uh, they, they made a pitch to have him buried in, in, in Woodlawn. And his, uh, his funeral procession was uh, five miles long. And it was led by then President U.S. Grant. So Five that's, mile long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. pretty, pretty long. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Who were some of the other notable people who were buried in Woodlawn? Well, Nellie Bly, the investigative reporter. Uh, we also have the, the Jazz Corner with Duke Ellington. Miles Davis, Lionel Hampton. Wow, all three of them are buried up. I, yeah, there's a, there's a corner there with, with these three, this Troika, and also Illinois Jaquette and Max Roach, and it's, 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 quite, uh, it's, it's quite an impressive sight. Yeah. Also buried there are, are the magicians, uh, Alexander Herman and his wife, Adelaide Herman. They, uh, Alexander Herman was basically the Harry Houdini of, of, the, 18th, uh, of the 19th century. He was Harry Houdini before Harry Houdini. <laughs> he was known for a, a trick called Catch the Bullet, which was, which was an illusion where... It wasn't real? Someone didn't really ca catch bullets in their teeth? Well, <laughs> That's why he was buried in, the, in Woodlawn. A bullet would be fired at him, and, and he would pretend that he would catch it either in his mouth or in his hand. And, but that, that trick caused many fatalities amongst other uh, magicians. So uh, he, he, wow. but he lived until he was 52. He died of a heart attack. And his wife became, in essence, the first major magician in the country. She, she, she took up... She took up over his act. Yeah, another famous person in Woodlawn is the almost president, almost, but not quite, Charles Evans Hughes, who was uh, governor of New York. He was a Supreme Court justice as well as chief justice, but he lost to the famous election to Woodrow Wilson by, by, by losing, of all places, California. So we'll see how California does tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was also Secretary of State under Warren Harding. Yeah, quite yes. a distinguished yes. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Guys, I'm going to ask you a pointed question. Uh, there are fabulous mausoleums in each of those places. If someone were to pick a first time, you know, like a, 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 a suburban-ish but New York City cemetery, and it was going to be Greenwood or Woodlawn, what would you say is, what's, what's your favorite of the two of them? Which is the place they should go first because of its spectacularness? I think uh, we we I think we're a little bit prejudiced toward Woodlawn. Am I right, Robert? Yes, uh, yeah, we, we we like Woodlawn, and uh, uh, they do have some spectacular mausoleums. All right, I, I am going to name one. Okay, I'm going to give you one. Of course, uh, the the Woolworth Mausoleum. Ah. Or, uh, and uh, is it as grand as the building that pe that they built uh, down pretty on? Pretty cool. Uh, it's got an Egyptian. It's a it's got an Egyptian motif with like two. Uh, um, oh gosh, what do they call them? Like lions outside, and but it's it's pretty cool. Huh. Is Leona Helmsley buried at Woodlawn? Leona Helmsley was buried at Woodlawn. Was with Harry, but they ended up building a community mausoleum near her tomb, and she didn't like it. And she up and left and built a new tomb in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Oh, she was. But she left. <laughs> is trouble buried with her? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. The dog trouble is, is her dog. The dog uh, is buried with her. Wow. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. Yes. Well, guys, as the last question I want to ask you, um, 
I want to ask you about some of your favorite interred people who are not in New York City, because your book covers a lot of cemeteries outside. Who are some of your personal favorites who are buried in the cemeteries you visited outside New York? I would say uh, Mount Vernon, George Washington's final resting place, where also his home. He was the founding father of the country, and for us, it's always a thrill to visit Mount Vernon and visit his, his resting place, because as much as we'd like to be done, the closest we can come to is to visit his his resting place and his remains, and it's it's a thrill for us. And yeah. speaking for myself, I don't know about if my brother agrees, but on an entertainment basis, my favorite is Elvis Presley in Graceland, where he's buried. I know everything about Elvis. Uh, I, I collect his albums. I, I have a, a gold record of his. I have his cufflinks. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, so so he's, he's my favorite in the entertainment world. Vincent, who do you like? Well, uh, continuing on the presidential motif, I, uh, I like the, uh, the Adams family. Uh, the, the John Adams, John Quincy Adams, and their wives, hmm. Abigail and uh, Maria Louisa, are buried in the, uh, the uh, basement of uh, the Unitarian Church in Quincy. Oh. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's my favorite. All right. Well, guys, we're out of time. Vince, Robert Gardino, thank you so much for being on Rediscovering New York. Their book, Grave Trippers, History at Our Feet, is available on Amazon.com and also on the website of Camino Books. We've just finished this week's journey to New York cemeteries. Thank you for joining us. If you have comments or questions about the show, if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. You can like us on Facebook and follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles there are Jeff Goodman NYC. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Chris Pappas, mortgage banker at TD Bank, and the law offices of Tom Siaka, specializing in wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. One more thing before we sign off. I'm Jeff Goodman, a real estate agent at Halstead in New York City. And whether you're selling, buying, leasing, or renting, my team and I provide the best service and expertise in New York City real estate. To help you with your real estate needs, you can reach us at 646-306-4761. Our producer is Ralph Storier. Our engineer is Sam Leibowitz. Our special consultant is David Griffin of Landmark Branding. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 